You're listening to Around Comics, episode 120. Comic Book Roundtable, where twice a week you'll hear a revolving panel of guests discuss comic books and graphic novels. On every Thursday episode, like this one, you'll hear either a topic discussion, creator interview, Comics 101, or creator spotlights. Today we're talking about video games and their relationship with comics. Let's introduce today's panel. I am Christopher Neesman. Next to me are Brian Salazar. Hello. Mr. Scotty Young. Hi, I'm just uh, here waiting to uh, put on my Harry Potter uh, <laughs> Hogwarts robe and go wait for the book to come it's out. It's a very nice hat you have. God. You like that? I got yeah. glasses, got a little Sharpie scar on broom. my forehead. You have a broom with you? Harry Potter! You know, Borders is giving out uh, free glow-in-the-dark uh, magic wands. I know, I'm the person giving them out. I volunteered. <laughs> Good Lord. That well, brings out the colors of your eyes. I know. I can't help it. I love the I love the stripes on the scarf. Joining us are uh, two of the staff of EA Games Chicago branch. I'll let them uh, introduce themselves and what their titles can are. I, at can EA. I? You should go like this. EA like that. EA, EA Sports. Sports. Yeah. It's, it's a game. game. <laughs> they probably don't get tired of that either. Yeah. No, never. It's on the answering machine, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Guys. Uh, my name is Adam Schwank. I'm an associate producer for uh, EA Chicago. And I am Mike Kennedy. I am a producer at EA Chicago. All right. And I'm sure we're going to learn a lot about what, what, that, uh, means. what that means here <laughs> in the next few minutes. But first, I want to let everyone know that this episode of Around Comics is uh, yeah. sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship free. Whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. They are. That's an awesome radio voice. Why, thank you. That's so incredible. Thank you. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) At Around Comics, there's recorded every Friday, Friday, Friday at 7 o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. It's located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. Ooh. If you're in the area, please drop by. Chicago. We would love to meet you. So love's a more. pretty strong word. Hmm? Love. love. Love's a strong like, word. I love meeting people. I, would, I wouldn't mind possibly. Well, here's a good example. Walking right? past One you? of our guests was here when we came in this morning, <laughs> yeah. or when we came in tonight, and uh, he was talking to us. We did not know he was one of the people that would be on the show, and what did we do? Uh, why the fuck is this we, guy we talking said No, we, That's how welcome we are. We like, said why does this guy keep asking me where I live and where I'm from? He's kind of creepy looking. I don't think I should hang around. No. Hey, do you like comics? Hey, back the fuck up. I'm Whenever like people show up at the shop or like we meet people at shows, it's like I'm always searching for Chris because he's the guy that like he can be friendly to anybody. He's like, hey, you know, and and I'm we're know, the cool just, kids out back smoking. Yeah, well, you know, it's good smoke. Everyone. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they always gravitate south. It's like you know, it's a a cat. A cat always knows that you don't 
want it around you, and so they'll gravitate towards <laughs> you. I'm just not that, a, that's Sal. People yeah. were just like, hey, Sal. That and crazy people, remember? Oh, God, yeah. He <laughs> is a crazy person. Trying. We're walking through Rogers Park, which, I mean, it has its fair share. Of crazy <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the ratio is pretty high there. Right, but uh, anywhere w- that I've been in the city with uh, Sal, I walk out. We went to the diner the other night. walk out. He's uh, having a conversation <laughs> with a complete fucking lunatic. I swear to God. Talking about satellites and cosmos. It wasn't cosmo- a conversation. <laughs> I was... Yeah. Nodding my head yeah. at his lunatic. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He was All trying right. to explain. And something. Sal goes along with it, right? Like I don't. I'm like, fuck off. It's free entertainment. Just, just trying not to get yeah. stabbed. Just quit <laughs> fucking talking to me. That's my thing. Sal's like, what do you want, buddy? Want but the one a dollar? Giving away money. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get on to our main topic. Uh, talking about talking video about? games. Madden. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk oh, some Madden. Right. Fuck yeah. somebody up in some Madden. <laughs> not on a Sega. <laughs> the gaming <laughs> industry. <laughs> God. The gaming industry is predicted to be a uh, worldwide thirty-seven point five billion dollar juggernaut in two thousand seven, with no slowdown in sight. I'm in the wrong business. No doubt. We've got to talk to these guys after the show. Uh, today we're talking about what goes into the creation and development Notice. of <laughs> one of the world's favorite forms of entertainment. In addition to that, we'll discuss the relationship between comics and video games. Uh, what video game franchises have made the jump to the printed medium and what comic properties have successfully and not so successfully made it to your favorite console. Let's start with Uh, what is it you guys do at EA? Let's learn a little bit about our guests Mm -hmm. and what do you guys do? What is the... uh, You said you were associate or assistant? Right. So um, (laughs) I actually started off um, my my introduction to the games industry is I actually worked for Warner Brothers Interactive and I was uh, doing licensing uh, production work for uh, DC Comics branded properties that were on like TV and the movies and those kinds of things. Um, So I worked on games like, you know, Superman Shadow of Apocalypse and a couple of Justice League GBA titles, those kinds of things. Um, after that, I actually went to go start working for a company called Jammed App Mobile, and uh, over there we started doing uh, cell phone games. And uh, we really had this sort of uh, philosophy that we wanted to make games that uh, people would really enjoy on their cell phones, as opposed to just making sort of like knockoffs, like you would see, or or just like you know cheap, easily consumable games like you would see Something on the web. Something designed more specifically for more the... Ga- well, yeah, yeah, more gamer the friendly golf games. Game, the, the mini golf Golfs, game yeah. on my cell yeah. phone. Which is sucks. probably one of our games as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, so you know, the Tiger Woods and all that, we did those games and stuff. And then we got acquired by, by EA um, last year. You just um, couldn't get away from them. Well, you know, we were we were the number one publisher in the world, like basically. You know, we were we were just taking over the world. We were take we definitely had North we America. We were going after Europe, <laughs> and so EA couldn't. You know, they tried to start a mobile unit, and uh, they really couldn't beat us. So they bought us. <laughs> can't kinda, beat them. It's kind of the modern way. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. So so then after about a year, you know, I was a producer over there for about four, almost five years, and then I came over uh, to these guys, and so I've been over here about six months now as an associate producer, and I'm responsible for um, certain... Spe- as an associate producer, you're responsible for specific features of a title. And then, um, you know, as a producer, the producer tends to sort of oversee the overall. So, you know, an associate producer would be responsible for things like, you know, either gameplay or cameras or, um, you know, scripts for, you know, characters or, you know, the AI, those kinds of things. And then uh, the producer is sort of the guy who sort of sees everything kind of come together and be able to ship it out and into the market. So if I was so if I was an associate producer, I would be in charge of the awesomeness part of the game. <laughs> of course, the bullet point on the back of the. Yeah. Box. So yeah, they yeah, they yeah. moved awesome. you to Chicago in the middle of winter. 
Uh, in February, yeah. Well, from I came from Los Angeles. It was 75 degrees and sunny when I left LA. Oh, don't whine. Sucker. And I came here, and I was like flying over Lake Michigan, and I looked down, and I saw all this brown shit in the water, and I'm like going, what the hell is this? Body. And then I'm going, is this pollution or something? And I'm like, Oh Jesus, it's ice! And yeah. I found out that day it was twenty below. <laughs> oh, it was one of the warmer I, days. Yeah, exactly. I lived. I uh, on a coat. I lived. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a huge old parka, right? <laughs> and it's. Uh, yeah, I I lived in basically yeah. you know California weather for over twenty years. People in LA think coats are just for looking cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have like, I have like one jacket before I moved here. They don't actually. Light yeah. one. <laughs> they don't actually have like you know. Linings and you know jackets no. up there. Just, in it's Chicago, you got to walk around the streets looking like a goddamn astronaut. <laughs> 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 it's totally. I, I got this big ass North Face jacket I found on eBay. I'm like, yeah, right on. <laughs> well, going back to uh, what you were talking about before, you you had worked on comic book property games. Yeah, and mm-hmm. was that? Uh, and you're a comic book fan yourself, oh, correct? Big, huge, huge. Time. Did that play into you working on those games, oh, or was definitely. it just sort of a struggle? Um, I was doing mobile stuff uh, before I went into doing the work, working Warner Brothers. So I was working for a company called Packet Video. And we were doing uh, interactive stuff on mobile. This is way before the cell phones could handle it. And one of our guys there was actually one of the, um, I think he was an executive producer that worked over at uh, Warner Brothers. And uh, he got me connected with the people over there because he knew I was a huge comic book fan. And I had a real passion for games. So um, he got me over there for a contract position. And I was there for about a year to get my feet wet and, you know, experience what it was like. So... It's a little bit different than working sort of for a studio or for a publisher. Um, it's um, a lot of it has to do more with like making sure like the brand is being uh, the people are being faithful to the brand, making sure that the rest of like a huge company like Warner Brothers, like all the people who need to be involved in the process are involved in the process and they have their say so. Explain to uh, people real quick what. Um in the video game world, what you guys consider a publisher, just in case nobody, somebody doesn't know out there. So a publisher would be a company like EA, right. where they would take basically they have you know they have their own studios. I think EA tends to focus more on their own studios than other other publishers who would just hire out. Mm-hmm. And so the studio would be the creative like sort of focal point, right? They're the people who would make the game the and then the, yeah develop it, come up with concepts, right. like really mm-hmm. be the creative sort of focal point for right. the game and really drive it and make it and stuff. And then the publisher comes in and takes all the money. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. I mean, the problem is that these days there's so, it's just so hard to get stuff to market. Right. So the publisher tends to be the one that has to do all the marketing and the right. manufacturing and the storage and the distribution yeah. and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So, you know, I mean, a company like EA is kind of a victim of its own success, right? Because, uh, you know, EA tends to be uh, the number one publisher in the world, right? I understand so, that. I, I understand that. I can... I'm you can relate bit, with yeah, that? Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, totally know, right? And uh, so, you know, there's like this love-hate relationship. Like, you know, we can't we can't do great because everyone thinks we're dominating so much that, you know. And um, I think, you know, people tend to forget that, you know, all the people working in EA are just as passionate about games as everyone else out there. Right. So It's the corporate evil. I mean, it just, it's just yeah. a yeah. victim of success mm-hmm. eventually. So. But, um, I can't help it that Madden's so fucking awesome. Right. I mean, Jesus. I couldn't imagine <laughs> video games without EA. Well, I mean, yeah. enjoy the sports franchises that, that are kind of the, the flagship for EA. Are they still? That's the cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's one of the bread and butters, but also their war games. Uh, like, um, sorry. Medal of Honor? Medal of Honor, yeah. Medal yeah. of Honor was it's Which a great game. Fucking awesome. They actually just recently reorganized the company into four, what they're calling four labels. They've got EA Sports, which is Madden, NBA, all of those games. Mm-hmm. 
Then there is uh, what is it? It's casual, which is like jammed at all the mm-hmm. cell phone games. Yeah, my <coughs> there guys is, over there now. Yeah, then there's just EA games, which is like all the action games, like what we're working on. And then there's The Sims. The Sims is its own division. That's gigantic. It's, its own franchise. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. the fact that Madden is part of a label, The Sims is its own label. Wow. So that's so wild, yeah. right? Like. I, you know what? I got Are a great you so idea. so bored with your own life? Yeah, I got a great idea for a game, right? You just sit, and you could do shit like sleep. <laughs> Go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right? And like you could do shit like walk. I, I, have, a ne- I have a fucking sweet. I have a nephew. Oh, I got a pet. I got a pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my pet died. I'm going pe- to pet my pet. Look at that. But the funny thing, though, is that like, you know, with The Sims, it's like being run by, you know, Will Wright, who's the creative vision behind, visionary behind that. Right. And he's, he, if anybody can come up with a way of making sleeping fun, it's yeah. this dude, right? It's wild. Like, I mean, and, you know, I remember in the past when, you know, it was rumored that The Sims was kind of, you know, people were a little concerned about it. They didn't know if that was going to be something that would really take off on the market. And oh, Jesus, man! Did this he come from? Did this it. stem from Sim City? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, was right I will, no. I will kid you not. And this is all joking aside. Sim City. When I was in high school. Uh, I was a SimCity junkie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, would, that was one of the first games that was like available on every yeah. platform, yeah. Apple, Mac. And I don't know why. PC. I mean, all I did, all you do is build a Power. city. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but totally then, then you crash planes and yeah. stuff. But I'm just sitting there going, why am I so excited about laying goddamn water pipes? <laughs> we <laughs> we don't know. Because silly. then you can have Godzilla yeah. come out, That's destroy right. them, and rebuild them. That's right. so sweet. You want to see what happens when the train rolls off its tracks. I was a huge SimCity, but then I figured out like a trick. It was one of the early Oh, the like code a, where you get all the no, it wasn't a money. code. This it was no, no, it wasn't a code. It was just uh, <laughs> like you can mess around with the taxes and oh, yeah. uh, and nice. just like get you know you would never run out of money because you just ra- I just raised the taxes like before April oh. and then you know and so like your yeah. taxes would be you bring in all this money mayor. and then and then after April I would lower them way down so all this yeah. business and commerce You're a terrible politics it works <laughs> I totally Bush. love my people love me I totally Taylor. used to admit the stock don't market on uh, uh, Railroad Tycoon 2 back in the day yeah I just I would just, just, I just like reduce the price of some company and then just like you know buy it slash out slash and burn oh, there was yeah game. totally <laughs> so, any game that involved totally math, illegal. Yeah. avoided like did the you, play did you they actually tried to make a game I don't, I don't think it was successful but I think because of some of these SimCity somebody made the game where you run an airline? Do you ever see that game? Uh, where you buy something like that. And yeah. and shit like you know, that? I wouldn't be surprised. I was not down with that one. What, what happened um, with the Sims? Is, uh, the, the whole Sim sort of franchise mm-hmm. is that, like, you know, I guess companies started making Sim everything right. over the years, right? And, yeah. and I think you know, kind of killed it. Right, and then yeah. Will Wright came around and said, uh, "No, yeah, <laughs> this is how you do it." And created right. the Sims and just. Did you guys that. make Le- Leisure Suit Larry? Was that one of your games? No. Lord. Well, what are what are what are some of the games that that you guys have worked on that uh, that listeners may may recognize? I've been I've been working in games for like fifteen years. I was pushing pixels on the Sega Genesis back in the Word. day, like Road Rash and stuff like oh, that. Oh, Road Rash! Yeah. You know what me and my friend tried to do? I don't think it was possible, because one day, I swear to God, we sat there with Road Rash. If anybody's ever played it, they know how, how it rolls, right? You can kick each other off the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would kick each other off the motorcycle, and we would try to... Because it automatically, the guy runs back to its motorcycle... But we would press the forward button and we would try to run to the finish line. <laughs> so we just like drinking beers, holding the forward button. Like, but it would never, never you'd never reach it. Yeah. No. It didn't work the same. Awesome. That's Sorry, awesome. go ahead. We have all those classic games. Like going back to like uh, Lemmings, Load Runner. Oh, wow. uh, 
Yeah, a bunch of those really old games back up there. Yeah, I'm a lot. I'm a, I'm a lot. Young, I'm a lot younger than Mike is. Sure. <laughs> Not a lot. Well, Mike, a little uh, bit. whippersnapper. Tell, tell us a, a bit about what you do as a producer and and it's your a, history about getting into games. It's anything? a lot. Uh, as a producer at, the, at EA Chicago, it's a lot of the same stuff. It's like usually like a game is kind of broken up into um, features, bite-sized pieces that an individual can oversee, and then you know work with the programmers, artists, etc. to make that feature come to life. Um, so I've got. The same way Adam's got a feature that he's fostering, I've got a set of features that I'm fostering. I mostly focus on kind of uh, uh, character, story development, voice casting and recording, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and that's a lot of what I've been doing on, 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 on games in the past. I've worked at companies like uh, big companies, small companies, uh, 3DO, Neversoft, Namco, EA. Started off at a small company called Presage where we did a lot of like... Apple Macintosh games like Load Runner and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a, it's been an interesting trip watching things like I I saw a CD-ROM develop. I don't know. I remember <laughs> the first games I shipped were on a five and five and a quarter floppy disk. Uh, uh, did you work Sal, on Willie Beamish for Sega CD? Uh, no, that game sucked. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Sal and I are just old enough to remember Pong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. That was that. I got one of those for Christmas. That was the, that was the beginning of the end. That, that was that was my family's first console. Yeah. Was was Pong, awesome. and I mean, it's. Uh, I thought Pong was a legend and a myth. <laughs> Never <laughs> almost, really Scotty. It almost. was real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, what what are the big differences or the big changes in in the video game industry since you got started? Budget. I mean, budget. Yeah. It's like I mean, seriously, like the games that the it's first game style budget. Yeah, game. the games that we used to work on, it would be like we would have. Uh, maybe like two programmers, and seriously, I was the only artist on a lot of these early games. And uh, now it's like you know we've got teams anywhere from thirty-five to a hundred people. Yeah. You know, I think one of the last games that we just got done working on was uh, Def Jam Icon for the three hundred and sixty. And I never played it, but Mike, <laughs> Mike Norton, Norton, yeah, Norton loves that game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, I think by the time we were done, you know, we've probably had most of the studio, which is close to 100 people focusing on that thing. I mean, granted, it's like, it goes in like ebbs and ebbs and tide, you know, you'll have a small team that grows really big at the end and yeah. then it goes back down, but yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, it's like huge yeah. movie budgets. Well, I'm sure, and I'm sure that the advent of, of HD has oh, wow. just been a huge impact on budget and it, it, I'm sure it's revolutionized a lot of it, but it's also <laughs> said, oh, my crap, there, there's a huge void that we have to Bill, because the expectations of people to play these totally immersive games is yeah. there, and I'm sure that the budgets have to go. Well, up. I mean, before it was like you know, 20 years ago, you could literally one guy could just push a couple pixels, he could make an entire game in a day because yeah. he's just you know, it's it's like eight bit you know, one color on or off. Now you got 32 bit textures that are huge. You know, it's like every texture is a painting. Yeah. You know, and there's What's, like thousands of. Oh, textures. even even the de- in the design side of it seems to be. I mean, uh, it was. Every game is trying to up yeah. the design yeah. of yeah. the last sure. game, and where you know. Well, I actually brought a book tonight from uh, the like Abe's Odyssey. That yeah, game yeah. where it's. I mean, they have art books, complete art books that just are from this game, and you're yeah. just looking at just the drawings that went into making a game. Like, we're not even talking about any of the programming side of things. But you know, thousands of drawings. But you know, that really is the secret, and that's still one of the things that. I mean, honestly, frankly, you know, I think that's one of the things that. EA still could do more of is uh, 
preconception. Mm. I mean, like, yeah. like even the game that we're working on right now. Yeah, it's seriously. becoming increasingly it's more like, important as yeah. these games become more advanced right. to do something like that. Back in the day, it's funny because he was talking about like you know sort of the pixel pushing and the mm-hmm. old school kind of games. That's what we do in mobile, like right. we did in mobile. So it was like we were totally flashback to like you know the late '80s, early '90s of like these little side-scrolling like 2D platformers and stuff pole like that. Pole position. Yeah, pole position yeah, and cool. like you know just you know platformers. I mean, a lot of the mobile handsets can actually handle games that are that could have been run on a Super Nintendo at the time. So okay. you know, so basically, it's kind of funny that you know he brings that up now, and it's it's interesting to see sort of the the difference between like what it was like to do a game for 2D or do a game that's a smaller game that doesn't have a whole lot of sort of production value behind it. You know, just really focus on the gameplay and then seeing all these really ultra-polished next-gen, like, really high-end graphics and audio and all that stuff put yeah. into the game to make it a, a, just an incredible experience. How how, uh, how long does it take, generally, on average, to make a an EA game? <clears throat> an EA game? Uh, I think on average... About a year and a half. Wow. Now there are some games where you know they've got the, you know they've got your you've got Will Wright or somebody attached to it where they can take two, three, however many years they because they know because it's gonna it's gonna be huge and it's gonna change right. the way you know people think about games. But then there are other games where it's like you know what like Madden. I mean they got to crank that thing out every every year. year. Yeah. I mean well it's got to come out every year, which yeah. means they got to get it done in like seven eight months. Well, right. they have two teams like that row cap stuff with that. Yeah. Uh, that's just insane. Yeah. Well they work on I guess they have like what two teams that work on Madden. So each team is right. like focused on the next year. Yeah. It's probably around the after, clock. So it's two years the off. Yeah. So I mean and they do have you know they've got a they've got a base that they can work off of, so all they got to really add are the new yeah. features, new features, and stuff, yeah. but, mm-hmm. new yeah. players. But, like a, but, but a brand new franchise, I mean, something like that, like in an ideal situation, <coughs> a brand new franchise mm-hmm. should get, I'd say, it should get at least two years. Like we worked on Def Jam Icon for about two, just just a little over two years, and that in a year and a half of it was just been on Ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. He was very picky. Ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, uh, oh, so uh, I was, was going to say, what's sort of the breakdown as far as the, you know, the, if you say have a hundred people involved or, mm-hmm. or whatever, as far as actual you know sort of programmers or artists or writers or voiceover people. I mean, what what sort of percentages are we looking at? as, as what people skills are in, involved? In well, development. like in the first, like in pre-production, like if you do actually get like a, a pre-production phase, which probably could last anywhere from, anywhere from three to, in our case, like I think on Def Jam it was like ten months. Actually, we had a long pre-production on Def Jam, and that actually that was only like six people. I mean, I think we had like maybe one or two artists to jump in and help on our X video, which is kind of a proof of concept pre-rendered video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was really only like that was probably like six to ten people for only about ten months. Then at that point, we know what the game's going to be. And at that point, then they start throwing up programmers and artists, and I think then we, I think we probably had maybe five programmers and eight artists. But then as we get closer to the end, and as we see how much more we've actually got to finish right. for the end of the game, then we just started throwing on all kinds of people. <laughs> I think in the end, I don't know, it might have been like 80 people. I'm wow. sure there's an entire workforce of people out there that are <coughs> the end of, you know, kind of like that last leg of the relay that, that do that. Well, at a company like EA Chicago, we'll have, like, we've got two different products going on simultaneously. Actually, right now, technically, we've got three, but what we'll do is those when the artists roll off of one product, mm-hmm. they're rolling right on to the beginning of the next product, so sure. the timing kind of works out pretty well. This is Rick Remender. This is Tony Moore. And you're listening to Around Comics, and you should be reading Beer Agent. 
we had uh, touched a little bit earlier on franchises and and also on the conceptual side of of developing video games and and I figured that's that's probably the um, the goal of, of every video game and and the genesis of each one is to is to create a possible franchise and make it awesome. Yeah. You know, you you look at the you know there's there's, all, there's only so many Tomb Raiders or Maddens or you know uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid you know that kind of stuff. Halo. Well, but it's just like the comic properties out there. Look at how exactly. many comic properties are there there are, and you know, and every one of them has varying levels of the success. So really. I thought they were all Austin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they all can't be Austin. Austin's my word tonight. Yeah, oh, every tonight? Time, every tonight. Just, why are you fucking with me, man? Because <laughs> I can. Why do you hate me? I don't. But, you know, whenever you look at, at a game, do you, how, how soon do you say, you know what, this could be a franchise-type game? Well, with a company like EA, I mean, most of what EA does is go out and find franchises. Like, I mean, Madden is a franchise, you know, already. Uh, Harry Potter, James Bond, all those things. I mean, those are. Those do, you guys are do, the, do you guys do the Harry Potter ones? Yes. No, they do those out in LA. I mean, EA Well, I'm a buy them now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> EA Games, Harry Potter. Yeah, but I mean, but but that's the one thing, and actually, EA is getting a lot better about that because for the longest time they were kind of villainized for, oh, you're just putting out sequels and franchises that you don't own. You know, it's just all licensed stuff and sequels, and it's actually been like the last two years where, and there's been internal. Management change and stuff, mm-hmm. where they're starting to create a lot of new franchises. Sure, like, yeah, you can only you can only see so many opening um, nights where people are waiting for like two days for Halo, right? You know, yeah. and yeah. They go, wow, we need to get in on this. Yeah, and I mean, even even though I mean, we still put out the Maddens and the Def Jams and things that still you know they belong to other people, including the game we're working on right now. Yeah. But EA is working on. You know they are creating new franchises like Army of Two is going to be a big one. The thing um, is, is the prices, the, the 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 cost for making a game these days, is so insanely expensive. You need and to make sure that it. You have, gonna yeah, be you have to balance the risk to, yeah. with yeah. what you're going to make, right? Yeah. So you know you do you do need to create you need to generate an element of risk in the title and, and say you know and just like just jump off that cliff and say you know what we're going to make a cool game that does this you right. know but it can be very risky and I think yeah. that you know EA definitely has seen that and they've already sort of devoted you know studios and talent towards creating you know sort of uh, new original IP mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So IP is where the money's at, but it's also the most expensive to launch. Now, what do we say? And uh, the most risky. I, let's say, give us what IP is. What's uh, like, like, like Tomb Raider. I mean, what does IP stand for? Intellectual property. Intellectual okay. property. So it's like okay. it is. It's like a, it's it's a franchise. Owned. It's a character. It's a whole scenario. Like right. Tomb Raider is an IP. And when they launched that, if that first game had flopped, right, they would have lost their been, ass. Yeah, that would have been a big expensive. Who was that? Uh, who? who Eidos, Eidos, Eidos and Never and Never Soft were they? No, no, it was Never mind. That's Tony Hawk's. That's Tony Hawk. Hmm? But yeah, and so you know, if if it takes off, right. that's awesome. Like you know, like Splinter Cell or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a huge risk, but the first one was great, and so now they've got like six <laughs> of them out there. Yeah, thirty-five yeah. Splinter Cell, exactly. and, and, be, and it becomes some. It's the video game and the movie and the comic, right? And sure. Maybe the animated series. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's what EA goes for because they have sort of the money to be able to put towards that. But you have you know smaller publishers that just don't have that sort of you know ability to take on that magnitude of like you know sort of that critical that critical mass right like you want all the pieces in place so that way you can make the most money you know give us I mean, an example of a smaller publisher 
that I mean, you, obviously, you guys work for e- EA, so you guys are a monster. So, yeah, Everybody I was going to say all small publishers. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, I know that. I mean, in the great, yeah, you guys are like AOL, oh, Time Nintendo, Warner. Microsoft. I mean, I say, you know, it's obviously, you know, like, you know, uh, Activision and Ubisoft, they, they, they seem to really be focused on sort of, you know, obviously the gameplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we're focused on the gameplay as well. But, you know, there's that sort of magic between, like, creating a gameplay that, you can sort of match up with sort of a, of a property, right? Mm-hmm. Like sort of, and create a franchise out of, like Harry Potter, hugely selling, right? Mm-hmm. Games are actually fun, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, and, I, re- I, did, I actually awesome just read a review on one of the the previous games yeah. where they talked yeah. about it was mm-hmm. a really good game. Yeah. yeah. How has uh, the advent of like online play changed what you guys do? Because now it's like everything that comes yeah. out, you know, whether yeah. it's with an Xbox or a PS3. I mean, you. Online is such a huge deal. It's sweet talking shit through a headset when you're oh, playing Madden, yeah. Madden against it's someone. Like, I'm a fuck. I can't play Madden by myself anymore. Unless you're playing against like some 13 <laughs> yeah. year old kid that's kicking your ass no. and giving you a hard time. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, little bitch. Well, you know, my personal speculation is that, like, for online play, we're still learning what the impact is, mm-hmm. and it keeps changing because it's such a new sort of, you know, like Microsoft and Sony, all of them have sort of really sort of introduced it into <clears> the mainstream. With this really this generation of consoles, right. mm-hmm. so we're still learning like how much you know that's going to impact like the way games are created and what what you know people are going to do in those games and mm-hmm. what kind of games you're going to you're going to make for for yeah. them. Are you going to have games that just cater to online? Right. Well, because right. even the console uh, company, even the consoles themselves. I mean, like PlayStation, for example, they're still. I mean, I don't know how the PS3 version of it is, but they were still trying to wrap their heads around it yeah. with their PS2. I mean, they mm-hmm. had an online. Situation, but it didn't match didn't that. It did, yeah, it Micro- didn't match. Microsoft showed a lot of people yeah. how to do things. Yeah. Right. Xbox did that, but yeah. So yeah. even the consoles themselves are still trying to figure yeah. the yeah. the live stuff out, right? And but it's, but it's so to the point now where every, I mean, it is expected though. I right. mean, every game, even if it's designed as a single player game, there's usually the expectation to have some sort of multiplayer right. aspect to it. Mm-hmm. It's got you've got to have it in every game nowadays. Well, the yeah. thing that you know, like with the Xbox, what they did is they made it so accessible that you know pretty much anybody can buy that console, plug it right. in, yeah. and it runs you through how to set it up online and you pay your 40 bucks or whatever and you're good you can play with yeah, your sure. friends you can play with people you don't know and and it made it you know change things so much but I, that's why i was who do of. i talk to about making my uh, xbox not sound like a goddamn lawnmower when it's on <laughs> microsoft <laughs> who do i talk to about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I put it know. in the next room. Yeah, it's like a it's like a scary movie. The other day, like I hit my hit my controller on accident or something. Like, Turn on, I uh, pissed my pants. Uh, all the, like the fans yeah, yeah, so loud. So your Xbox made you piss your pants? Yeah, or? everything makes me piss my pants. It's, it's a, a real small. It's a thing with me. Real small. Yeah, wear diapers here. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, since this is this episode a, brought to you by Depends <laughs> for men. Since this is a a comic book podcast. Um, Let's talk about some uh, some comic book based video games or video games that have jumped over to the comic book world. Um, I think uh, you know, kind of from almost from the beginning of video games, it's, it's been a nice marriage. It's uh, you think about video games at their core. Well, the action Pong. Games, it's, it's <laughs> I have a power. I'm going to go and beat up the bad guy. Well, you, it and makes the most bub. natural sense, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I want to be a superhero, superhero and I want to go in and <laughs> blow shit up and that kind of thing. So, you know, it makes, it makes the most sense to like, create a video game out of it, right? Hey, you so. guys made Superman, right? 
EA. Uh, we made the uh, most the recent last one. The most yeah. recent one? Yeah, well, what's up with level two? Fucking. <laughs> 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 what's, what's up with level one? Yeah. Let's just start there. Yeah, I'm fighting, uh, fighting the guy that gets really big. I don't know his name because I don't know that kind of shit. But, uh, well, you have the video game. Yeah, I play the video game because I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool. It's Superman. He flies, and uh, I can't get past level two. Well, you know, the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that, like, a lot of people need to be sort of involved in the process yeah. of making these games. And so what ends up happening is, is that, you know, the vision can... Fire level two maker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, was too, he was busy polishing the graphics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you, know, you, you look at these at these you know licensed properties, and um, you know, White Darkness just yeah. came out, yeah. and uh, one what, of your favorites. Is that actually um, out in stores now? It is yeah. out in stores. Does anybody play it? I hear it's very good. I, yeah, I've, I've heard good things about it. Um, saying, yeah, but but uh, Paul Jenkins didn't he work on the mm-hmm. on the the script oh, for oh, he wrote the game. Hulk as well. Yeah. How does that work? How how does a scripter work for a video game? What is that? It's got to be different than writing a novel or writing a comic book. But yeah. what's a video game script? It depends on the type of game. Like if it's a kind of game where it's it's a, it's a linear, you know, it's mission, cutscene, mission, cutscene, mission, cutscene. If it's something pretty linear, that's that's been pretty easy for um, comic writers to jump into. Uh, like I know, like the last Marvel game that EA did, the Marvel Nemesis, mm-hmm. uh, they had Mark Miller writing story, but he just kind of wrote like story concept, um, sort of plots, <coughs> plot, uh, yeah, overall. plot, and a little character yeah. background stuff like that. But I mean, if there's a mission structure that it, that a writer can sink his teeth into, um, you know, it it's usually good to get a writer who's actually like familiar with that franchise. Um, but that's the thing about video games is it's usually as best as you can make it uh, non-linear. You want the player to be able to, like, if he, if he wants to go down the right mm-hmm. branch versus the left branch. You don't want to feel totally funneled. It's, yeah, it's kind of like writing a choose-your-own-adventure book, but, like, you know, with you're in a wide-open world that, you, yeah. that there is no wrong turn, right? Yeah, and, I mean, that's a, it really it really is a whole different type of writing. Really, like, in video games, there's, like, all these different aspects of writing. There's kind of the concept writing, which is... Character, background, environment, setting—all you know—all of the kind of like this is where the world takes place. Then there's the mission structure writing, which is this is what the experience of playing a game is going to be like from the beginning to end. That's like, is there going to be cutscenes? What what's the gameplay between cutscenes? Is there branching in between missions? You know, what if I take this path rather than this path? Um, so it's more structural writing, and then there's just dialogue writing. What these about games have tons and tons of dialogue. What would you consider like the Final Fantasy <laughs> franchise? What kind of writing? Because that, that that's, that's got all. I mean, that's got, that's it's got, got it all, all a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah, I mean, with, I mean, just dialogue alone. That's probably got like you yeah. know twenty five thousand lines of dialogue. Yeah. You know, and the 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 writing has to, the, the structural writing. You got to be able to know really that, heavy story. Yeah. What if I went to this city before yeah. I went to this city? That's going to change all the right. relationships. And you could talk to. Yeah. Literally every person. Yeah, and if you talk to that the guy game. first and then that guy, yeah, it, they're going to know and they're going to say something different. This is what keeps just, you up at night, isn't yeah. it? Have it's you guys ever played huge, the Final Fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. new ones, not the ones where it was just like, back, 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 I fight, uh, fight, fight. I think the last one I played them, yeah. was like seven. I don't no. know. That was pretty sweet. I mean, that was changed. That was, that was, yeah, that was my favorite. I mean, you guys have been in the industry a long time. Would you say that that played. I mean, it, on my side as a player, that seemed to be the, like a benchmark. That of, was the first big 3D yeah. RPG. It completely yeah. changed the way people started thinking about making yeah, games. Up a PlayStation. Well, yeah, yeah. Sure, and, and that's what I was going to sort of bring up was, I mean, in sort of the history of video games, the idea that these big epic stories need to be developed is relatively new concept. I mean, I would imagine yeah. it's Super almost Mario, still... Dude. 
<laughs> what's interesting, well, what's kind of interesting is that, you know, different game games have different sort of philosophies, right? Like, it could be a story-driven game, or it could be just pure gameplay, or it could be sort of a hybrid of the two. Um, there's a lot of different sort of philosophies going behind it, and we have a lot of game visionaries that come up. I mean, you know, like we were mentioning earlier about... Ooh, how do you get that job? I'm a game, game visionary. visionary. <laughs> you well, you have to be... I guess, I guess you have to be like a Will Writers admirer, yeah. some of these great, you know, great guys who really sort of pioneered. <laughs> And came up with a sort of what they, you know, I mean, back in the day when they were starting, they didn't really know what this industry was going to be, and they didn't know they they had to write their own rules. So, you know, this this industry has changed a lot, but like, I mean, there's still lots of room for sort of, you know, variety and different sure. types of games. I mean, well, right. I mean Nintendo it, Wii, for example. Yeah, that has to bring everything where it's totally different, different yeah. than what people have yeah. seen before. So, five yeah. years ago, story in video games was still something that was tacked on. Yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, hey, we've got this cool shooter, and it's going to be we're going to go to the going to go to the the, the the oil rig level, and then we're going to go to the Vegas casino level. But the, the re, what got you from the oil rig to the casino was like a last minute just spackle. Well, it's right. like uh, the like the the big Marvel games that have been coming out, right? Marvel uh, Alliance, Ultimate Alliance, yeah. Ultimate Alliance. Alliance. Like sure. that was uh, I played the game and I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. But the novelty of you know being the Human Torch, Greg actually Greg and I played it, and, and we were like, oh, this is really cool. And about an hour into it, when they're trying to figure out a way. To make Bullseye be on the helicarrier <laughs> and make it the story makes yeah. sense. Like, no, 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 he really is up there on the helicarrier with Fing Fang Foom. Arcade, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it was still cool to yeah, like, fight Fing no, Fang no, Foom. No, this is a good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's certainly where uh, I think a lot of a lot of fans of video games like complain about things is that especially when it's a property game about like comic oh, books because yeah. the majority of the people that are going to play those games are comic book fans about the gonna, story you know, we know, we know how opinionated really comic so? book majority? fans can be <laughs> the, majority? the majority of people that play comic book based games are comic book fans well i no, mean if you look if you look at the well, numbers I don't know. I don't know. i'd say no yeah i mean i think uh, maybe With the, the majority of comic book readers may play wrong, the games Sal. all right but not the all the games. Okay, how about the, the games aren't necessarily the majority players. of the people that are going to come out and complain yeah. about yes. <laughs> about the game are going to be comic book yeah. fans. Well, you know, you can never please a comic book fan, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm one true. myself, and you know, I'm, and yeah. I probably well, have very Ultimate Alliance is one that I think uh, overwhelmingly was positive response on that, and, and because the gameplay was the gameplay game exactly. was solid. Yeah. Story was, was it, uh, and like the powers were the powers yeah, were faithful. Yeah, it was just legends that kind of. Um, kind of pioneered that gameplay of having, you know, like the, the well, four person. Well, that, that, that goes back to Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Gauntlet. The early Gauntlet even Final Fantasies before the... 80s, yeah. Because yeah. okay. Final yeah. Fantasy, you also have a team of four yeah. or five, six people. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean... Yeah, you but know, you're you like go, one little guy like walking in the world, and I never could have quite understood. I'm like, I'm well, like no, that, that one guy, but there's like, really four? <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, I mean, that was the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, around eight or nine, yeah. they started... You were all six people walking around. Well, right you know, there. we see these different these different styles of gameplay. Whether it's you know the 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 three D first person, you know the Tomb Raider. I don't sure. know what, whatever they call oh, that. Gives That's me a third headache. Person, right? So third person, third, third person. Third person. Yeah. There's the first person shooter. Oh, those are the ones that give me a headache. It's yeah. you know I played Doom until <laughs> oh, I was you know I know you know, dude I am. Um, what do you see? I mean, is there is there any indication of what like the next generation of gameplay is going to be? You know, will you have to shoot us if you tell us? Or, you get you know, jacked into the matrix. Holograms. <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for. Dude, I'm totally waiting. I'm waiting for my nutrient bath to. 
Jack me in the Matrix. <laughs> I want to be a Superman. <laughs> are, are we starting to see any indications of what, with, with, with with the the well, HD technology that's out there? Is is it going to change? I that? think the um the the production values mm-hmm. will probably continue to can get better. But I mean, at this point, you know what's going to probably end up changing most is sort of the gameplay and the expectations on that. Like I think we're going to start seeing different types of gameplay and different styles of games. You know, like again, like I mentioned before, Nintendo Wii, where they're doing things like you know you're you know playing tennis with something in the, you know somebody in the air, like you know swinging a swing a joystick around. You know, just sort of those sort of innovative kind of ideas. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that really turn people on. Yeah. So I mean, with the, with this generation of hardware, I mean they can do like physics is a lot. I mean, they can they can do a lot more with like real time physics. Mm-hmm. They can do a lot more sure. with a real time AI. So we start to see characters that start to behave a lot more realistically, and you get to do things with, you know, gravity and fluid dynamics and stuff. And I mean, that's just Whoa. a whole yeah, that's just a whole it's level of gameplay and stuff that yeah. you know they haven't really been able to do. Like, I swear, some of these engineers <laughs> that we have working on these games. Man, these guys could be rocket scientists easy in their sleep. Uh, whatever, I they get paid less. <laughs> yeah, they get paid less. Yeah, but man, they're really, they're really amazing. I mean, yeah. they're brilliant when it comes. Well, to I mean, th- that's got to be exciting for you guys as producers to see the new technologies as they come available. To say, hey, now we can't. The ideas that we had five years ago that we couldn't pull off from a production standpoint, we can do that now. Yeah. And given and, given and, enough time in the schedule. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's just that's like that's like always the limiting factor. Yeah. Limiting factor like is always how much time we got. It's just like in the movie industry, right? Like we saw now that we see, you know, 3D has come to such a level where it's, you know, every movie can be just really over the top. So if every movie is really over the top, then what movie, you know, what every moment in a movie is over the top, then there's no sort of contrast, there's no scale sure. there. Right. So, you know, I think that that's one of the things that like in games, you know, it's becoming so sort of sophisticated on the graphics and audio front. You do need to have sort of that scale, you know, sort of scalar kind of like you know, experience, you know. But you know, honestly, I think that's where now that the graphics are starting to get to the point where like everything is looking really good and it's hard to impress people with the graphics. Seriously, I think that's where story is going to become more important. Yeah, yeah, that's. I've I've actually, and I I mentioned this earlier. I I have bought every new console that's come out, uh, and I always go hunting for games because I'm a guy who. I get very bored with just shooting uh, random bad guys after a while, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, okay, shot some more robots. Why are there so many robots here? You know, (laughs) Uh, I'm a guy who I actually want some story out of it. I I like to get a reason to keep moving forward. It's almost it's almost like the '90s mainstream comics, and it was all visual, visual, visual. Person makes fun of the '90s. I didn't beat him in the. No, no, you know where where all where 90 percent of the emphasis was on was on cross hatching. Was yeah. on art yeah. and, and visual, and then you know the end of the nineties. <laughs> now it's like you know right. what? You want some story? We want yeah. it to look right. good, but yeah. we also want. I want there more to be games. Like, I like the Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there have been so many of those that there's only so much of that giant story I can take. I mean, it's intense, yeah. right? Well, I think well, story is really important in gameplay, but right. it needs to be part of the gameplay, right? Right? Like you know, I mean, I you know, I have a I have a, a younger brother who's ten years younger than me, mm-hmm. and I watched him play Metal Gear Solid one right. day. And I saw him just skip through all of the cutscenes. Yeah. Like all they wanted to do is get to the gameplay. Right. So what's happening now, I think, is that like you know, Bastard. I mean, we're probably going to even see things like you know, choose your own in- adventure kind right. of gameplay, where you know the story changes as you move along, and those are things that we can actually sort of well, start to yeah, achieve we, now. Right. Well, you've started to see that, and uh, I forget there was uh, a game for the first Xbox. I can't remember what it was, but then uh, the, even Star Wars had one where it was you know, your your. 
the way you played the game determined dictated how the story was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you were going to be good or bad. Yeah. Oh, and that's or the way it's between. going. It's yeah. getting. I mean, it's getting to the point where now. I mean, like, there's uh, what Mass Effect is coming out, just doing the same thing. Um, Bioshock, I think they're doing. The same I had thing a game else. the other day. Tell yeah. me my favorite color. I don't know how. It just <laughs> told me what I. I didn't agree with it. Moth. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! What about with Sienna? Uh, uh, like <laughs> with. Uh, Games now where you have uh, consoles like the Xbox where you can go back later and, and download, you know, add-ons, additional yeah. stuff. Uh, how much does that come into, once a game's developed and it's out there, then when you guys start thinking about that kind of thing, or is that in the pre-production, is that... They, you know, they try to introduce that in, into the pre-production, like you want that to be one of your bullet points, and you usually try to plan for it, but whether you follow through right. tends to depend on the success of the, the original game. release. Right. Like, I mean, you know, we we talked about it and had hooks for it in Def Jam Icon. We haven't released anything yet. Yeah. Which is not to say that we won't, but, you know, so far we're just kind of waiting to see. If was, that, was that really kind of the, um, uh, the PC games and and the people that would you know hack mods and that kind of stuff is that really where a lot of that came from you know it's mm, like you know no, I think it's I think it's just people who just want I really liked I loved uh, Ghost Recon and mm -hmm. I, but but I don't want to play the same levels again. So it's like it's like buying another issue of a well, that's well, the exactly the one I was thinking of. Thing. With Ghost Recon, yeah. there's there's a mod that you can get that if you want to be um, like you know British tactical strike. Well, the other thing know, about it too, yeah. what I love about it is that it's like you spend fifty dollars on a game, yeah. and a lot of times you know it's like you may finish it in you know. Yeah. A day yeah. or whatever, if you're you know really hardcore about it, if and you then don't have you, a life. well, yeah, like <laughs> well, I'm in a comic shop on a Friday night, Scott. You think I got a life? But uh, but with this, it's like okay, well, you can buy that game, but then you know for a, a little, sometimes it's free, sometimes it's a little ten bit bucks. of the, yeah, ten bucks. Yeah. You can you know have a whole another section of the game where you can yeah. you know go back and play. Well, the funny thing is that a lot of those guys who were making mods back in the day are actually they're the guys that are being hired by now the to companies do. to do them officially like yeah. legitimately and like you know make games you know we saw that sort of that hot coffee incident I guess you saw with GTA a little while ago where you know they were able to hack into the game and sort of create some you know content not suitable for right. children <laughs> where you know well, I mean it's much easier for a console it. company to go and <laughs> say hey good. you know what if you guys want to make a mod We'll hire you to make them, right? And just just you know, less boobies. Well, Counter <laughs> Counter Strike <laughs> Counter Strike started off as it was just a mod. It was just a bunch of fans yeah. who who got Half Life and they made this entire game Counter Strike. And uh, uh, what's the company Valve? You know, Valve was like, this thing is huge. It's almost bigger than the original Half Life. <laughs> and so they hired they hired them to make Counter Strike Two, which now eventually is about to come out. But I mean. Yeah, it was just a bunch of mod makers. So the answer to the question, how do I get into the video game industry, is just do it. games just and do make it. mods. Just, just do make it. your yeah. own game. And yeah, seriously, there's a lot of tools out there that you can yeah. get for free online. Build it, and they will come. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there's that lots really of different ways of doing way. it, too. But the thing is that I think at the end of the day, you have to make yourself stand out from the multitude of people who say they want to get into the games. I'm sure you know Scotty knows like the whole experience with like you know doing art and having to really sort of shine about the rest of the people who are bringing their portfolios to you know the comic conventions. You know, in in the games industry, you really have to bring your portfolio as well. Yeah. I mean, whether you're an artist or you're a scripter, or you know you want to do production work or I you want to do, do coding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey. Do the what's, what's that voice? That's the Akira dub. <laughs> the English dub <laughs> for Akira. Is that Come over you here so we can get to know each other better. Hey, you know, that was something I wanted. You brain. I wanted to ask, when when did you guys, like, when did the video game industry kind of come to the realization that the voiceover stuff had to had to come up to another level? Because, I mean, there's all those games that, you know, it was yeah, just yeah. bad yeah, acting. Yeah, yeah. There's still, 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 still are games well, with bad acting. Yeah, sure. And I won't say Ultimate Alliance. <clears throat> oh, <what? laughs> hey, know? I'm a bullseye! I know. <laughs> Where's Big Big Boom? I like that game, but man, the voices were hard. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, it's just but, still one of those things yeah. where, like, it depends on, you know, there's a lot of people actually coming off, out of sort of the entertainment industry that are moving into games and kind of mm-hmm. going oh, back Hollywood and forth. Oh, Hollywood is just starstruck with us. The same way yeah. that the game industry is starstruck with Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. is starstruck with games. They look at each other like stakes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's right. like all of these actors, well, they're like, you know, how do I get into it's that? It's two sides of the same coin, you yeah. know, whereas they're, they're, you know, a passive sort of media. You watch it and they give you a very sort of, you know, focused storyline. We're a very non linear, you know, very active. You have to be involved with the storyline or or you're not playing the game. There was just last, I think it was last month, there was they, this is the second annual Hollywood Games Summit, where basically it's all these Hollywood studios. It's kind of like a tiny, tiny, tiny little E3 or Game Developers Conference, but it's where all these Hollywood studios will get together with video game studios and they'll talk about how can we merge our industries. Like, how can the video game industry learn from the Hollywood pattern and vice versa? The video game industry is still very uh, still yeah. very kind of kind of uh, I don't want to say immature, but still kind of young when it comes to sure. uh, storytelling. I mean, there are a lot of games that do it very well. Don't get me wrong. Chris wants Greg Rucker to write every video game. <laughs> oh, I mean, there are games out there. I mean, like the no, seriously, he has the hardest man crush on Greg Rucker. <laughs> He can um, do it. But, you know, the game's in <laughs> He probably really could. I mean, the thing is, you gotta get a game, gotta get a team that knows how to That's use correct. that story and, right. and and put that story together properly. Because I mean, again, like like Marvel Nemesis, the first right. EA Marvel game. I mean, they had Mark Miller, and Mark Miller is a good writer. But what did they do with that story? Mm. You know. Well, yeah, it was uh, Mark Miller and uh, what Jay Lee was. Uh, yeah, did Jay Lee did the, the concept yeah. art. Yeah, exactly. Well, you also got to remember that the games industry. I mean, as it is now, like the experiences that we have on these 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 devices. Really came about in the early to mid '90s. At mm-hmm. the, you know, I mean, I mean, we're talking a, game, a company uh, or an industry that's about yeah, maybe 15 years old, and it keeps it's evolving. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't yeah. like we're it's not like it hit, its, hit its peak, and you know, you're you're working on a, a constant right now. I mean, it's yeah, just every right. day. It's the technology develops, and, and, and it's and very challenging. And new yeah. console, new games. Working new with uh, with like Hollywood, going back to that, um, you know, on a game like Def. Def Jam. I mean, where there's so many different people, uh, you know, uh, um, celebrities involved, or different, you know, uh, how much more challenge? I can see it on your face. Def Jam, Def Jam was it was it was walking a minefield to the finish line. Because I mean, you had every single rapper had their own opinions. They wanted to represent themselves a certain way. Then Def Don't Jam. Don't me, Ben. Oh, Red Man had, had to say. Oh, oh, Red Man was the well, he was He's one of the so funnest guys. All oh, his recording <laughs> session was. Comes awesome. to parties and stuff like that. Red man, well, Red man was he was stoned the entire time in the booth. He was just <laughs> allegedly oh, <he's> great. <laughs> allegedly, oh, man, allegedly. Uh, he, we, we, we were on the floor. We were, I mean, in tears. He's fantastic because yeah. he's this hugely successful rapper, and he lives in like an apartment without like the. the I mean, 
the doorbell is like two wires you touch together. <laughs> he was on MTV. He's keeping it real, yeah. baby. He's keeping it real. Red is great. In- meth is great. Italian, you know, oh, yeah. stone marble. Floor. Yeah, marble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Red Beast. Man, he lives in like yeah. a duplex. Yeah. He's, He's drawing Ghostface. Ghost Ghost credit Ghost cards is in the game. Ghost <laughs> yeah. is cool. But yeah. but it has to make things more challenging for you guys trying to like corral all these different talents and different yeah. that's identities. That's the big thing, and that's the hugest difference between an IP product and a licensed product. The licensed product, you got to go through so much approval. Like even on the product yeah. that we're working on now, there's a lot of approval that we got to go through. Yeah. There's a lot of hoops we got to jump through. A lot of we got to show a lot of stuff to a lot of people. Def Jam. You know, we had to show them scripts. We had to show them character models. We had to go through concepts. I mean, uh, just getting approval on that game was just grueling. It's mm-hmm. the same. Th- in, uh, it relates the same thing to, I think, the listeners would understand. A lot of listeners say, or even you guys have said, where you don't get into the comic book properties, you know, the comic books that are based on properties. And a lot of times it comes yeah. down to exactly what he said. Uh, the creators involved are usually have the least amount of input mm-hmm. with uh, right. a, a property book. It's the mm-hmm. companies, the toy companies, the movie yeah. companies, uh, yeah. the companies they're that the control that. that they're so overbearing. Oh, that, that was like sure. that's also the money involved too. Like yeah. you know, yeah. when a publisher buys a license for a title, right? You know, they spend so much money on the license. Yeah. That uh, they can't spend as much money towards the quality right. of the title as yeah. well. So, yeah. well, uh, I, I know you guys can't really talk about the game that you're working on now. Is there the any, game? Is there the anything game. doing the air the quotes? Yeah. <laughs> what can you tell us about? Yeah, the is game? there anything you can hint to or or it's or? Be awesome. <laughs> yeah, Comic it's fans will enjoy it. We can yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be rad. It really is. You're, we'll probably yeah. know more by the end of August. August, I think, tenth. I think it'll have better is. better voice talent than uh, a previously named. Game. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why is that? Why is that game secret? We can't mention that game anymore. No, what? Everything's just so trying to be secretive. coy. We're coy. 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 Come on. But you guys are working. You guys are working on a table. game uh, currently that is that comic uh, related, based comic on a property related. that would be interesting to comics fans. And, okay. when, and when can we talk about it? Uh, you guys have a uh, uh, I announcement think, uh, day. EA, there's EA Day, which is kind of like EA's little private E3. I think that's August 10th. Yeah, but they, they, like they have journalists okay. there that will. Put well, when you guys when you guys can talk about it more, please come back. Are you guys going to be at Wizard World Chicago this year? I I may if. I'm not. I've n- never been, so you know. I mean, well, yeah, you've never been. No, well, I've only been. I've only been oh, living in Chicago well, for six you're months. Going, you're going. You'll, yeah. you'll be there. <laughs> well, speaking. I mean, we should talk a little bit about Mike. That you are an, an, a comic book writer. You've written uh-huh. comic books that, are, that have been published and stuff. And, and tell us a little bit about this. I've book. read all his yeah, books except one. You freaked me Which out. One? Uh, I haven't read Aeon Flux, but all the rest that he brought in, I, I own and have read them. Yeah, all. Mike wow. comes in today and uh, and he pulls out his uh, out of his bag. He's like, "Here, I, I don't know if you guys have." Any, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" He hands like this, you know, eight pounds. I'm taking that. Um, no, the hardcover. <laughs> no, because the bed. thing is, I figure oh, even though it is a comic oh. shop, I know that the chances yeah. of you guys actually having this in stock are slim. <laughs> Good Lord. Tell us a little bit about the books that you've worked on, that you've written. Uh, I've worked on, one of the first books I worked on was, uh, uh, worked on Ghost for Dark Horse, that that chick with the floor. Oh, yeah, I like that. So I worked on that for a little while. I did, I like that book. I did a a Ghost Bad Girl crossover, then I did some, from there, did some Star Wars miniseries, did the Underworld and stuff. It's called Underworld, right? Yeah, with Carlos Maglia. It was awesome. Did some, uh, then we... We did a book called Lone Wolf 2100, which ran about, I think, 12 issues uh, with Francisco Velasco. That was mm-hmm. pretty fun. Also awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's a fan. People would know him uh, if they hadn't checked that out. The artist that did the Battle the, Gods. The, well, he did Battle Gods, but uh, at Marvel, he worked on the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts the for a little Fight while. The Club uh, yeah. version of okay, Thunderbolts. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. John sure, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then I did this hardcover Superman graphic novel, again with Carlos Maglia. Awesome. Uh, Infinite awesome. City. Yeah. Fucking awesome. That's, so, what, that's what I just wrestled Sal for the yeah, hardcover. Hard that's my hardcover. Bastard. <laughs> it's still uh, available. Next finger now sales now here. People. That was uh, is, is Superman your in, in Infinite City. Superman yeah. Infinite City. Uh, is your... Uh, did your experience and, and history with comics lead into you working on this comic book related game at no, all? It was no, it's just worlds colliding, just wow. just serendipity. This is David Peterson, creator of Mouse Guard, and you're listening to Around Comics. So <laughs> Mike, so, so like Mike has written yeah, like twenty comics and graphic novels. Adam, what have you done? He's read a lot. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I've uh, no, I mean I worked, you know, I, I in my in my sort of professional life, I guess. I, you know, I worked on um, for Warner Brothers. I worked on uh, Superman: Shadow of Apocalypse, which is actually the top-rated Superman game that's nice. out there. I wouldn't say it's great, um, <laughs> but when you're talking about Superman games, to be on top. That's, yeah, that's, we, that's, we, that's we actually have a forum post, and, uh, and we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Well, let's read a couple. This uh, this is from uh, Dan C, and uh, he says, "I think a, a few general rules of thumb can be followed when discussing comic book <laughs> video games. Uh, besides a handful of exceptions, most of them recent. Historically speaking, and uh, and I'll and I'll skip to his uh, number three point. Video games featuring or hell even just mentioning Superman should probably been better off just shipping boxes of pig shit to people. <laughs> they all stink, people stink That's bad. That's not nice. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, a couple of the challenges that, that especially with <laughs> Superman, you know, I mean, he's only the number one I gotta tell you, game guy. Look, the, 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 I, I I didn't work on any of the Superman games, so I mean, I I agree with this. That yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, no, I mean, it, I there, think, there is there is there is the curse of Superman in video games that people sure. talk about in the industry. <laughs> it's not but just the thing your is, dreams, I mean, if huh? you think about it, and I mean, uh, this was kind of an issue with working on the Infinite City book is, I mean, you're working with God. I mean, yeah. Superman is God. How do yeah. you make I mean, that challenge? How do you make a gameplay? You know, with, with somebody who can do anything. Yeah. You know, and I love that. You know, I noticed here that you know somebody here brought up uh, Superman sixty four, and I just want to say. Get over it, guys. How many years ago was that? I mean, They're comic like, fans. Yeah, don't get over it. It was, was a terrible, very... terrible game. We all know it was terrible. You know, we all want to you know sweep it under the rug. But I think this. Well, well, there has been. I mean, with Batman on regular Nintendo was sweet. A lot of yeah. a lot of the Batman movie game. Yes. Uh huh. It was so sweet. A lot of the comic book property games that have come out have been. Uh, worse than like other video, you know, other video games in the same style, right. that kind of thing. Is, is that something that's because? I mean, what would you relate to that? Why would you say that actually, most of them? It's interesting, Dan. See, actually, it says his number one point: video games strictly based on comic book properties are generally a mixed bag of last year's hits regurgitated with a comic book skin. Unfortunately, that tends to be the truth. I mean, most of the times, these people think, "Hey, we got a property." We want to get this out as soon as we can before, the, com before the comic book is no longer popular. Mm. So let's take a game <laughs> yeah. that we know works and just right. put a new wrapper. Like I mean, the um, uh, what was the uh, oh the, g the comic book, the Russian army uh, comic uh, Red Star. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that you know that they threw that game together pretty quick. Uh, I don't think it ever came out, but that was one of those cases where it really was kind of like a skin on. You know, well, you look at Weed Time and, 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 as well, right? Did they do a game? Danger yeah, that, that, that game really? actually came out. Did but that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. You, you look with you know a lot of the movies like Batman Begins or X3 or whatever. You've got you know a lead time for developing this right. game, and whenever you're not dealing with external, it's hard enough. But whenever you're dealing with 
you know, movie production and set. The and problem costume. with those is that you usually there's like this stipulation that it has to come out when the movie comes out. Or a month that was before. One of, that a was, month before. That was one of the problems Superman. with the EA Superman yeah. game was it was supposed to come out when the movie came out. It came, it came out, out a year later. later. Yeah. yeah. When the DVD came out. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. you know, and also it's like once you start creating that stress with the group, like forcing them to be creative right at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then they go, okay, well, we're going to push it back. Well, I mean, you've already, you're already at a stage where you've already, already made a game that you just have to, like, polish as best you can and get it out. There's right. a guy in a whip you know? going, put the rainbow in the jar! Exactly. <laughs> 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 All right, I tell you what, we're going to uh, we're going to rip through a few more forum posts here, and um, I think Adam was uh, was kind enough to say that the ones that we don't get to, he's going to reply to on the forum here this week. So um, so if you don't get your questions answered, and the uh, answers will all be in haiku. Yeah, I like that. Uh, okay. He's going to do them in pixels. Fortunately, Mike sits right next to me, so he can help me with that. There you go. There will be four-letter words involved. <laughs> well, let's, uh, what, let's go to uh, uh, Matt Kramer, and his question is, uh, uh, Growing up, I loved old NES, Wolverine, and Silver Surfer games. They blew my mind. Blew it. Of course, I played them a few years ago, and they totally sucked. <laughs> if the comic book video games can continue on the same path as Spider-Man 2... X-Men Legends and Ultimate Alliance all keep playing this. And I think this kind of goes... This isn't a question. This is a statement. Yes. Um, I like games. Thank you. But I think that kind of just kind of goes towards the, you know, and we talked about it earlier, you know, the continued evolution of technology. Yeah, and the quality. And, you know, I mean, there's going to be very different different types of quality. Well, there was... Uh, studios and publishers and people spending more money or coming up with more creative ways of making a fun game when they don't have a whole lot of money to spend towards it. Uh, here's a question from G Dog. Uh, is there any room in the video game industry for video gr- vi- videographers like myself? In this day and age of mega huge budgets and system power, it seems crazy that the elements of composition and direction are still where they were in the 90s. It's not hardware limitations that give characters bad dialogue and way too much headroom in a close up. What gives? I think we, uh, we kind of went into that, right? Did we? Video- with the story and stuff like videographer that. Videographer yeah. being well, mean, like cinematographer, like camera yeah, guy, like I mean, yeah. is there cinematic director. I mean, we did like on Def Jam, we hired a guy specifically to be our director of cinematic stuff. So he was, you know, setting up the shots and directing the mocap talent and stuff like that. So I mean, I guess there is. I mean, it's still kind of early. Right. I mean, maybe not full time, but I mean, certainly on a contract basis, and it depends on the publisher. As the games develop, and as the you know, there's more of that brought into the games. it only makes sense that you're going to see more. I think I read online like one of the comic book writers was talking about how it might have been Warren Ellis. I'm not sure, but he was talking about how um, difficult it is to write story for a game as opposed to writing sort of a story for comic books and I think it's kind of the same oh, sure. thing right, right. Like, yeah. filming you know, a the game theme, yeah uh, the, 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 the format is different so it's yeah. it's really challenging to sort of you know think in that mind frame of this isn't a linear experience this isn't a focus experience this is an interactive experience that people are going to be changing things as they go along and as we talked about before it's relatively still a new uh, yes. New oh, sort of industry, absolutely. so that I mean, it's 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 still in there's a lot of, a lot of rules that haven't been, been even yeah. created yet. Yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, next question. Uh, G Dog had a bunch of questions, but uh, G Dog has been so excited about this topic. <laughs> yeah, he's a very uh, into the, with the explosion of the casual gaming market. Is EA going to adjust their <laughs> overall strategy to include more pick up and play games at a lower price point than the current crop of sixty dollars epics, or are we just going to see more and more complicated sequels released every year? I'm looking at you, Madden. Yeah, no, just Madden. <laughs> I, Madden's the bomb. Yes. That's the greatest yes. franchise yes. in. 
game I'll, history. Yeah, and I'll fuck a person up on that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sidestep, yeah. man. It's, I'll break your ankles. <laughs> so, guys. In real life. While, while he's Scotty over here has some anger management issues, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, Scotty? Yeah. Well, there's no management. Yeah. No management. <laughs> Nobody can contain me, baby. But is there any... Is there any uh, yeah, he has already... They've already put out... Like, there's been... I think they've got two Xbox Live Arcade games, which are straight casual gamers. they got that Boom Boom Rocket and something else coming out pretty soon. they got the... Uh, uh, yeah, that other game coming out pretty soon that I forget. Um, yeah, yeah. EA's all. I mean, they're they're really changing their model. What they're going for more casual gamers, like with the Sims brand and 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 a lot more too. IP brands. What about games. kids? Uh, I mean, what's? I mean, so many games have changed, and much like comics, where it's like they're being developed for the, for you know adults, for twenty five year old to thirty five year olds, as That's opposed to the average age age, age of, of gamers a, in the you know is around yeah. mid early to mid thirties. So. I would say Nintendo has been the con- I mean the console that's kept. The majority of their games targeted at kids through the oh, I Nintendo think that's 64, been very the GameCube, yeah. even the Wii. I mean, yeah. you know, the, I, to me, the Wii most of all. I think it's a cool novelty for us older guys. But They're, when you really look at the games, I mean, those we could throw a out a hip. Yeah, well, that was awesome. <laughs> that one, I'll break my own damn ankles. <laughs> There's a whole website dedicated at weinjuries.com. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we hear this from comic creators all the time is, you know, we'll ask, what comics do you read? And, and a lot of the times the answer we get is, you know, I work on comics. And Scotty's like this, I think. Well, you've been reading a lot because we've been making you. but uh, <laughs> You're not the boss of me. <laughs> but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of comic creators like, you know, I... I really don't read that many comics because yes. once I step away from, you know, the the computer or the or the drafting board, I I, I want to get away from it. Yeah, sure. Do you guys play a lot of games? Do you spend a lot of time yeah. doing that? Unfortunately, don't you yeah. see the bags under their eyes? I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go home Listers. from work and sit down and play games all night, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if, if I weren't working during the day, I'd be playing games. Yeah. Well, or working on. Stories. <laughs> his, his, his fiance, fiance cries in the room right here. now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, hi, honey. No, we were at home doing no, stuff no, together. Not at all. Um, yeah. Wait, of, I beat the Windigo. Yeah. <laughs> Level ten. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's all she's saying. <laughs> You're sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> That's okay, cause the Xbox is in yeah. front of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Score. This next question is from uh, Purple Grant, and he he said uh, this isn't comic related, but please ask the EA guys why they don't port games to Linux. Any answer? Linux people don't pay for anything. Linux is operating system. Linux, sorry. They're like like thieves and hackers, aren't they? (laughs) Pretty much. There's there's people in the United States (laughs) that work on Linux. Yeah, Yeah. is that that kind of the question is why don't you give your games away? Is, is that kind of the question? <laughs> For me? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, sort of. And also, you know, it's like that 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 platform, even just that supply platform. Supply and demand, too. Sell, yeah, I mean, we're trying to sell, you know, millions of units. Well, honestly, games, I think, I think it was just this past year that EA just announced that we're going to start developing for the Mac. I mean, even the Mac, as huge as it is, yeah. EA was ignoring that for the longest time, and they just decided, you know what? It's all because of the iPod. Enough. Yeah. Uh, comic Book Hero said, I have always found it strange that the paradigm, paradigm for comic book-related games changed practically overnight. They're really aren't any quality comic-related games between the few good games on the NES and the arrival of Spider-Man 2 and the X-Men Legends series. Is there a reason, like more creative liberties given by the companies that own the licenses, for example, for the sudden change in comic-related games and their quality? I think as the game industry 
grew, I think you started to see a lot more like comic fans uh, get into uh, positions within the game companies. So I think actually, you know, going from the NES to like Spider-Man 2 and the X-Men Legends, I mean, that's PS2, that's like another generation of hardware. I think in that time, you actually saw comic fans get into positions within the video game industry. And I think they just took it as a point of pride to really start to make this thing better games better yeah, yeah i want exactly. a cool game yeah i mean well, i mean back I in the nes spider-man days, going yeah. wherever the hell he wants i mean <laughs> nes days i mean the teams are a lot smaller and i mean a lot of times it was a lot more just commercial mm-hmm. um, whereas you know once you get more people involved in the teams you get a lot more the, the odds of having somebody who knows the franchise and is passionate about the franchise gets better better yeah just yeah. the pool is bigger exactly and have yeah. Yeah. Uh, second question uh, while my first question is very broad my second is specifically concerning EA I seem to be one of the few defenders of Marvel Nemesis <laughs> I really like the game and the book series and I really liked some of the characters that were created for the game any chance of seeing them again <clears throat> no <laughs> okay, that's the end of that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think, uh, um, Adam, I think you, you said that you would answer some of the other forum posts uh, sure. later on uh, this week. Um, that uh, that I think will wrap uh, up wrap up our, our first, I think, very, very much our first video game discussion. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are yeah. welcome back to uh, I bring these guys back. After the big announcement yeah. uh, in August, whenever it is, if you guys want to come back Sounds and, uh, yeah, and sure. BS about comics and videos, we would love that. Can do. All right, awesome. Um, that'll wrap that up. But um, going yeah. from forum posts, we've got uh, listener emails. Oh God, yes. Uh, where it's people bitching about Scotty. Whatever, um, man. Can you explain this? What what, is, what do you call that beetle dorp? Man, you beetle know what? Here's the funny. Dude, I'm gonna go ahead I'm and put like, like, this out here. I, you know, I I this I'm is how part deaf, so I don't even know what the hell it's you're saying. It's a conan. The power of the beetle dorp. Maybe it came from there. I don't. Yeah. Mine came from Josh Middleton. He said it first. He had a kick-ass at a, cover at a last week, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm talking. Oh. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But here's the funny thing about the Beeble Warp. This is how powerful I am. Right? Oh, God. This is how oh, powerful Jesus. I am. Oh, Jesus. I said this a couple times on the first couple of shows, like two months ago. Yes. When I first came on we the show. We made a big deal about it. And, and I only said it a few times. And if you right. go back and listen to the episodes, never said it again. Right. I've never said it. You made it. a point of it. Almost two months now, I'm not even mentioning it. Every email, <laughs> every, you guys, you're everybody, iconic, dude. and now everybody says it's in a movie script. So I only have to say something once or twice. You guys should hire me. You're a trendsetter, man. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. a trendsetter. What, what's the job that you said? You're visionary. You're a uh, yeah. game I'm visionary. A, yes. You're a podcast visionary. Podcast yes. visionary. The Beal Corp is, it, it's, it was a thing, uh, you know, when something gets a because we're all geeks, right? I'm a geek. Not we're me. all geeks. Nerd. Sal's a really big geek. Yeah. But uh, sometimes it can go over a line, mm-hmm. and and somebody could be talking, right? And you know, sometimes when somebody talks, you just hear, start hearing blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, when a geek start, when you start to hear a geek talking too much, it starts to sound like, yeah, you know, well, what happened in the be a little bit of beep like that, right? <laughs> it just starts to sound like beep blah beep blah blah like that. So that's I'm not going to talk about it anymore, and I'm not going to say the word ever again, and we'll see how long. It goes before the word is brought up once more. Yeah. It won't be long. You're creating no, an won't. internet sensation. Yeah, it's You crazy. should do YouTube or something with that, man. Beeblebore.com. Beeblebore. YouTube, what, am I going to put a camera I, on myself? Beeblebore. Yeah. <laughs> I just say it to the camera. One million yeah. views. Yeah, one million views. <laughs> All right, let's Phenomenon. move on to some listener right. emails. Guys, you... I listened to the show since uh, Scotty came on board, oh. and I've been very pleased. Wait, Not enough to go back and Start listen to the pre What? 
you really? You want me to start over? Yeah, I don't know where we're All right. <laughs> Guys, I've listened to the show uh, since Scotty came on board and have been very pleased. Look at him. Not enough to go back and listen to the pre-Scotty episodes. They're not worth listening to. Yeah. Um, I do have a question for Scotty and Mike regarding their illustrating. Mike's do they have character I'll one be playing sheets Mike. to go off of things like height and facial structure already determined, or is it their responsibility as the artist to just go back and buy previous issues and compile their own? Uh. I'm going to answer this in a way. Um, I, I, as an artist, hope that fans look at something like this, but I will say that the majority of your artists... Uh, I don't even want to say that. I don't like to to generalize. But it, when I look at books, I feel that nobody really ever keeps. There's a there's a there's kind of a template for a guy body and a girl body. And if you notice, a style guy. Everybody's. I mean, there's no way to really compute height in your head. It's just all I do is go. This guy's taller than this one, uh, you know. But um, no, the companies don't give us any kind of one. I mean, uh, it's just. Whatever we want. There's not a style guide that you're following. I mean, now it's different, like animation. When I work, you know, for Warner Brothers Cartoon Network on shows and stuff for them, it's a little different. You are creating a style guide that they will pass on to the actual the animators. Mm -hmm. So that's a little different than. But in comic books, it's just kind of a free for all. There's really no. Okay. Standard there. Um, I would also like to suggest a new segment entitled Never Stacks. You could talk about books that are. Yeah, over yeah, six funny, funny. Ha, ha, ha. And thank you for making you my come up with a fucking segment. <laughs> consist of more than just standing around with total strangers once a week talking about grown men in tights. And that is from Bruce O. Hughes in Dayton. Bruce O. Hughes, the Irishman. Bruce O. Hughes. Uh, next one is uh, from uh, Brandon in Kingsport, Tennessee. He said, Hey guys, just want to say how much I enjoy the show i have been listening for several months now and each episode continues to get better i know chris walks a fine razor with a balance of humor and serious talk and i applaud that effort to keep some of the guys like scotty in check speaking of just wait speaking speaking of mr young i believe it was episode 115 where he introduced himself with a claim of you may hate me now but you are going to fucking love me by the end of the show truer words have never been spoken (laughs) when scotty first appeared on the show i thought oh hell it's that scotty young again but now i have found myself beginning to enjoy his mad ramblings. I even told my wife Beetle Barp tonight. <laughs> Perhaps it's our mutual love. Proof is in the fucking pudding. <laughs> you have a lot of man crushes on the forums right now, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge star. Perhaps it's our mutual love of risk or the fact that we both grew up within 15 miles of one another. I'm not sure. But I know that Scotty has made an interesting addition to the show. I also wanted to say thank you to Tom for his JSA 101 episode. I never really cared about the JSA previously, but discovered the rich history with that podcast and have found myself going back and picking up trades on Instagram stocktrades.com of course and delving deeper into the history thanks once again for all the fun uh, for all the fun guys and Scotty if you are ever back in the Tri-Cities my wife and I would love to challenge you to some risk <laughs> alright our last email for the evening hey around comics crew I just got around to listening to the under the radar episode really great episode thanks that was my idea <laughs> I'm rubbing off on Sal, baby. I'm looking for. That was my idea. Uh, no. <laughs> Why do you think I said it? I am looking forward to uh, checking out Scalped and Rex Monday. Both great books. Um, my picks? Yes, they are. Uh, you guys should do the same kind of things for older books that have completed their runs. I'm reading The Losers right now, and it is fantastic. And yes, it is. Uh, also, it's great to hear Scotty revisit Preacher every week. Such a great series, and it's fun to revisit. It through fresh eyes. I look 
look forward to the Preacher Minute every week. <laughs> and at Scotty's reading rate, I can look forward to the Preacher Minute for the next couple years. Oh. Well, you know what? I only have so much time between working and swimming in my huge stacks of fucking cash to read at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I do read really slow. I'm like, duh. You should savor that series. I, I spent a Take good it. almost year He's salivating, it. folks. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. And that is from Kevin Mann. Well, thanks for everybody uh, emailing us. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at info at aroundcomics.com or uh, Chris, Sal, or Tom at aroundcomics.com for any of us individually. Scotty still won't give out his email. Go to scottyyoung.com. Post on his comments. You can also uh, join our friends of the program. Go to Around Comics where you can download and print out our LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in the store. If they do, send us an email and we'll mention you and the store on the show as well as post it on our site. Become a friend of the program today. And uh, you should go over to iTunes for and leave an iTunes review because Chris gets a semi every yeah. time you do. It's his favorite. Um, I'll be so back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I love iTunes reviews. So uh, thanks to the people who have left iTunes reviews like... Um, Ozidius? Yeah, Ozidius. I mean, he's like a god. Um, the new Gordomatic. <laughs> what was the old Gordomatic? Gordomatic, Gordomatic. The the guy in Seattle, I think, the postal guy that yeah. uh, that has the uh, LCS. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In, uh, at the post office. He's the new Gordomatic because he went to jail <laughs> for hanging out stuff in the post office. <laughs> that comic shop. Federal offense. Uh, Pat. Pat. Patrokas. You know what? Patrokas. Uh, can I read? Can a name be like Mike? <laughs> and fun- uh, Functopus. <laughs> Functopus. Never mind, I'm good again. It's the I'm internet, again. dude. Nobody's got a real <laughs> name. Nobody's got a real name. They're uh, all named Henry and, and they're accountants. Make sure to check out all the great things that Around Comics has to offer. We post next week's topic on Tuesdays at our forum at Around Comics. And I can't read the rest of this because our yeah. printers seem to have screwed up. And we, it looks like are, Russian. <laughs> we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh, and thanks to InStock Trades for sponsoring this episode. Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essential showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free, whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials. <laughs> Are you in, in a stock- fucking race? <laughs> <laughs> InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. And uh, we are proud to help support uh, the Hero Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support, and essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people who have given us so much awesomeness. <laughs> Over the years. For more information, visit uh, heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809. Absolutely. And I would like to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Sound Scotty, as always. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Adam, the guys from uh, from EA. EA. It's the games. games. <laughs> EA Podcast. <laughs> um, a lot of fun tonight. You guys were uh, fantastic guests. Uh, looking forward to having you back again. Mike, looking forward to seeing more comic stuff. He says from that you, to so, everybody. So keep, us, uh, keep us updated on that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys are going out to San Diego, I'm assuming? Yep. He is. I'm, I am. I'm actually going to stick stick back here. You know, I've been to San Diego so many times. <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, like, you know, before the whole comics bust, like, yeah. San Diego was really focused on the comics publishers, right? Marvel had these big things. Yeah. And Dang. Stuff. 
gotta not wait about the like, show. Oh, yeah. Now, now you gotta wait about the mojitos after the show. That's why we Admittedly, I was a little young for that at the time. But now you gotta go through like the full size fucking Optimus Prime semi truck that sits in the front. You know, sweet. That sounds cool. Nice. Can I go wait to the four hundred? I just want to go to E three. Can you guys bring me to E three one year? There is no E three. There isn't anyone. It's done. They had an E three, but it was a shadow of what it jumped the shark. Damn, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, Forget E3 it. Used to you know, memorial. What? That's what I heard. It was awesome. Yeah. So what's the big one now? Everybody got too coked out. You know, I think it's going to be Kenny Arcade. I would have fit in. They're on the H, dude. Really? Right yeah. on the H. They really they they signed on so many people doing demos and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be more sort of you know fan based kind of uh, uh, expos like that. Yeah. Good Great. Be. We'll go for the well. Maybe we'll have you guys back to talk about that. So anyway, thank you again. Fantastic guest. <laughs> Appreciated your time. Uh, thanks to uh, Mark Beatty here at Dark Tower, yeah. as always, yeah. for uh, um, hosting yeah. us and ordering the pizza. Being a wise ass. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again on Monday with another full-length episode. Oh, God. In the meantime. Uh, yeah. Come on. In between time. We'll be everywhere in. And around, around comics. Comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Music.podshow.com Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time, and the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same. Bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Love you, babe. Yeah. Why you got my love and left me alone? Why you got my love alone? I know that you don't love me. Oh, baby. Kingsport, I actually, because I went to high school in Bristol, and it's part of the Tri-Cities, so, uh, but I worked at uh, a store in the mall for uh, about a month in Kingsport. Which store? Uh, Gadzooks. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like pre-hot topic, and, you, uh, and uh, that was the that was the only job I ever quit, um, oh, I, I actually was re- uh, Redesigning part of the store, I had everything out on the floor and everything was all over the place. And so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go take my cigarette break." And I walked outside and I was having a cigarette. And I was like, ah, "This fucking job." And uh, in the parking lot where I was having my cigarette, I could see my car. And um, I just got in it and left. <laughs> and never went back. I just decided at that moment, ah, I don't like this job. I'm gone.